The team with the best record in baseball came into Camden Yards this week, and they left with two losses in three games as the Orioles win the series over the Rays with a 2-1 to win on Wednesday night. I'll recap it all and talk about just how good Yenier Cano has been coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, May 11th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to recap another O's win and another series victory as they took down the Rays 2-1 to on Wednesday night. I'll get you the five things you need to know from that one, including a dominant Dean Kramer performance and the Orioles offense struggling but doing just enough. Then, going to break down the season so far for Yinyer Cano, who got another save on Wednesday night and continues to have a big fat zero in the ERA column. I'll talk about what makes him good and how he compares to the league. Is he the best reliever in baseball right now? And then finally, we'll finish up with another edition of our Bullpen Trust Power Rankings. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So we'll jump right into an Orioles victory. Orioles 2 and Rays 1, the final score from Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Wednesday night as the O's, after dropping Game 1 of this series 3-0, come back and win the next two games and win the series 2 out of 3. They have now won 8 of their last nine series. The Orioles at the moment are 24 and 13 and sit four and a half games back of the Tampa Bay Rays in second place in the American League. And I'm gonna get you the five things you need to know from the Orioles two to one victory over the Rays. And the first thing you need to know is that Dean Kramer was excellent in this game for the Orioles. Kramer getting the start on Wednesday night goes six scoreless innings, allowing just four hits. He struck out four and walked two and threw 95 pitches. Now the Rays did square him up quite a bit in this game. He did have 12 hard hit balls against him in six innings, so wasn't super dominant. Wasn't missing a crazy amount of bats. I mean, the 11 whiffs that Kramer had on 46 swings, not a terrible number, but not great either. But he did enough. He mixed his pitches. He hit his locations well. He threw all six of his pitches at least nine times on the night. So really threw the kitchen sink at this Rays lineup. And it continued, or I should say really capped off a series for Orioles pitching for both the starters and the bullpen that was really, really encouraging. The Rays came in with the best offense in baseball. The Orioles allowed six runs in three games to the best offense in baseball and took two out of three. That is very, very impressive, especially when the Orioles themselves, they only scored six runs themselves in the entire series. So to only score six runs in three games against the Rays and win two out of three, that is very, very impressive 
by the Orioles, and Dean Kramer was a part of that on Wednesday night. He was heavy on the four-seam fastball. 31 of his 95 pitches were that four-seamer, and his velo was up. He was really sitting 96 and was up to 98 multiple times, whereas he sat more 94-95 this season. Velo was up on the four-seamer and on the sinker as well. He was 93-94 on the sinker. The changeup was, eh, you know, it was in and out. He tried to use it a lot. He really didn't have a great secondary pitch on Wednesday night, but the four-seamer got six of his 11 whiffs on 18 swings. The sinker did a good job as his get-me-over pitch, as did the cutter. And once again, it was kind of the same story for Kramer that's been this season, where he kind of did struggle to find an off-speed pitch that worked. Like the four-seamer was solid, the sinker was solid, the cutter was solid. Just couldn't find an off-speed pitch that was really working for him. But this time, he got through it without the off-speed pitch. Whereas in some other starts this year, that really hasn't been the case. So after Kramer pitched very well Friday night in Atlanta, does it again against the Rays, back-to-back, probably the two best offenses in baseball, back-to-back quality starts. He's lowered his ERA to 4.97. And I think he was on the fence a little bit there for a bit, but he has settled himself back in to locking down a rotation spot for the Orioles. Second thing you need to know from this one is that the Orioles offense did not do much, but they did just barely enough to win this baseball game. Orioles with just two runs on six hits in this game. The only two runs came in the bottom of the sixth inning. Orioles loaded the bases after an Adley Rutschman single, an Anthony Santander double, and a Ryan Mountcastle walk, which shout out to Mountcastle. He had two walks in this game. You rarely see that. But they loaded up the bases. Adam Frazier hits into an RBI fielder's choice to make it 1-0. Austin Hayes comes through with an RBI single to make it 2-0. Now, the Orioles did load the bases again after a Gunnar Henderson nine-pitch walk. And Mateo and Ryan O'Hearn each were retired on the first pitch to end the inning. The Orioles also threatened in the eighth inning. They threatened earlier in the game and just never got other runs home. And the runners in scoring position struggles continued. I mean, they did go two for seven on Tuesday night, but the O's were one for 11 with runners in scoring position on Wednesday night. The only hit being the Hayes RBI single that made it 2-0. Hayes did have a nice day, two for four, with a single, a double, and an RBI, now hitting 304 on the season. But I'm still a little concerned about the offense right now. Not crazy concerned because, again, the runners in scoring position issues have come against the Braves and the Rays. Again, the best two teams in baseball. So hopefully they pick it up again this weekend against the Pirates. But they did just enough while they certainly left some chances out there. And one of the guys who left a couple chances out there in this game was Jorge Mateo. And the third thing you need to know from this one is that Jorge Mateo is kind of coming back to earth offensively. Now, he's still playing great defense at short, made another nice play on Wednesday night, turned some double plays as well, just like he did on Tuesday. But Mateo went 0 for 4 with a strikeout in the 8-hole for the Orioles, and his average is now down to 282 on the season. Still, you know, that's a good average, 842 OPS, still a productive hitter overall. But it hasn't been good in the month of May for Jorge Mateo. The calendar changed, and he kind of turned back into the hitter we've seen for most of his big league career. Mateo in April hit 333 with a 1044 OPS in April and had only 12 strikeouts in 78 plate appearances. Remember, strikeouts were a huge issue for him the last couple of years. Just wasn't striking out in April. In May so far, in 29 plate appearances in May, 
Mateo is just four for 27. That's a 148 average with just a 364 OPS. And he has 11 strikeouts in 29 plate appearances. Let me say that again. 12 strikeouts in 78 plate appearances in April. Already 11 Ks in just 29 plate appearances in May. This is back to the hitter that concerned us for a while. Fourth thing you need to know from this one is that even before the Orioles got to the ninth inning, when they turned it over from Dean Kramer to the bullpen, the relievers certainly did their job. And that started with Austin Voth, who came in in the seventh inning, got a 1-2-3 inning. Then after retiring the first batter in the eighth, he did allow a double and then an RBI single from Wander Franco, which ended up being the Rays' only run. But Austin Voth, over his last 11 innings, has allowed only two runs in that stretch. He's been pretty impressive. He struck out 12 and only walked three along those 12 innings. So at this point, pretty impressed by Austin Voth, who has really turned his season around after it was a disaster early in the year. And then he got saved by Danny Coulomb. Coulomb comes into the game with a runner on first and one out in the eighth. Orioles holding on to a 2-1 to one lead. You thought he would face some lefties, but the Rays went to some pinch hitters, and it didn't matter. Danny Coulomb locks it down, strikes out Randy Arozarena and Harold Ramirez, the three and four hitters in the lineup, to keep it at a 2-1 game. And then the fifth and final thing you need to know from this one, well, Yinier Cano was amazing again. With Felix Bautista not available after throwing 29 pitches to get the save on Tuesday night, Cano only threw 18 pitches on Tuesday, so he was ready to go on Wednesday night. And it didn't take him long. A 1-2-3 ninth inning with a strikeout. He threw just eight pitches and got a couple of ground balls as well. Struck out Josh Lowe to end the game. It's just nasty, nasty stuff for Cano. And he continues to be absolutely amazing as he locked down his third save of the year. And the Orioles won the game 2-1 and won the series 2-1 over the team with the best record in baseball in the Tampa Bay Rays. But speaking of Yenier Cano, you know, we can continue to talk about how great he has been, but he has reached a new level. He's no longer just this fun, cool story early in the season. He's legitimately a dominant reliever in the big leagues. But the next question is, he's been so good. Is Cano the best reliever in baseball right now? I'll try to answer that question coming up next. But first... This episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Now, buying tickets to your favorite events, it should not be stressful. Like for me, I'm planning on going to the O's game on Friday night against the Pirates, but I'm not a big buy tickets in advance person, live pretty close to the stadium. I like to buy them last minute. Well, Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the events around you. And they've got killer deals on last-minute tickets. And with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you will have. And really the best part about Game Time is the app is super easy to use. And you log on, and the places you're already looking, they're right there. Like those Orioles tickets, boom, pop up right there. You can get images of seat views, and you can find tickets for everything in your area and game time it is the place for last minute ticket deals especially for someone like me they've got exclusive flash deals on tickets for all your sports and anything you want to see and plus the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so snag the tickets without the stress 
with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So the Orioles beat the Rays 2-1 on Wednesday night to secure a series victory in their first series against Tampa this season. Orioles have now won eight of their last nine series and won 16 of their last 21 games. But one of the stars for the O's on Wednesday, and frankly in this series, has been Yinier Cano, who has just been a revelation for the Orioles out of the bullpen. Got four huge outs as the setup man on Tuesday night, and then comes in and gets his third save of the season, one, two, three, in eight pitches to lock down a 2-1 win on Wednesday. And Cano has been just amazing this season. In 14 appearances, he has yet to allow an earned run. He's got a 0.00 ERA. In 18 and two-thirds innings, he's allowed only three hits. He struck out 22. He hasn't walked anyone, and he's only hit one batter on the year. And for a guy who, you know, when he came over to the Orioles last year in the Jorge Lopez trade from the Twins, and he got a few chances at the major league level, they mostly had him in AAA Norfolk at the end of last season, the command was a nightmare. You could see the stuff was there with the sinker and the changeup and the slider, but the command was a nightmare. He couldn't throw strikes and get guys out. So for this guy to have gone 18 and two-thirds innings at the big leagues this year on a good team in high leverage spots and not walk anyone is insane, the quickness that they've made this turnaround for Yenier Cano. I mean, 39% strikeout rate, 0% walk rate, and a 75% ground ball rate. A 1.11 FIP means it's not like he's getting super lucky. And he's got a 1.2 war, according to fan graphs, for a reliever who's thrown less than 20 innings. That is an absurd wins above replacement to have for that small sample size. And it's just it's just an awesome, awesome mix, right? He goes with the sinker. That's his number one pitch. It's 95 miles an hour. And it's it's almost unhittable. It's got, according to StatCast, the most vertical movement, the most vertical drop of any sinker for any pitcher, starter or reliever in baseball. Cano's sinker has the most vertical drop. That's why it's so hard to hit. That's why he averages a negative 17 launch angle on the sinker. Let me say that again. He averages negative 17 on the launch angle. That means every time he throws the sinker and guys actually put it in play, they just beat it directly into the ground. He's allowed only two hits on that pitch all year, and he's got six strikeouts. Then there's the changeup, which literally has been unhittable this year. That's his number two pitch, about an 89 to 90 mile per hour changeup. Bottom falls out of it. 22 plate appearances have ended on a changeup for Yinier Cano this year. No hits. No hits. Batters are 0 for 22 against that changeup with 14 strikeouts. He's got a 43% whiff rate on that pitch, which means when guys swing at the changeup, almost half the time, they're swinging missing. That's absurd. And then he just has this slider, which he doesn't really throw much, right? He's thrown the slider 21 times this year, and all 21 have been to right-handed batters. He doesn't even need to throw it to lefties because the changeup and the sinker are so good against lefties. And he doesn't really use it as a strikeout pitch. He has 1K on it. Only four plate appearances have ended with a slider. Guys are one for four against it. But it's nice to know it is in there if he needs to use it. But it's really just an incredible sinker changeup combination. 
But you can say all this and you can talk about how dominant he's been and how much run he gets on the sinker and how he's finally throwing strikes with this great stuff and the changeup is unhittable. But there's a lot of guys with unhittable stuff in the majors. I mean, even his teammate, Felix Bautista, who's struggling a bit with command right now, I would still say has better stuff than Cano. But when you combine the stuff and the command that Cano has right now, anecdotally, you can say, well, this guy's the best reliever in baseball. But I've got the numbers right here to back it up to tell you that he is most certainly the best reliever in baseball right now as I record on the evening of Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. Here's where he ranks in some important statistics. Among all qualified MLB relievers, first in war at 1.2 on fan graphs, He's the only qualified reliever with a zero ERA. The only one who hasn't given up an earned run yet. He's fourth in FIP at 1.11. He's first in ground ball rate, 75%. Funny enough, who's second in ground ball rate? Well, the guy he was traded for, Jorge Lopez, having a great year for the Twins at 67% ground balls. He's one of only three qualified relievers who has yet to walk a batter this year. He has the lowest BABIP, that's batting average on balls in play, at 094. So there's a little bit of luck involved in that sense, but not a lot. Because the stuff is so nasty and they're beating everything into the ground. He's got the lowest batting average against him at 057. He's got the lowest whip at 0.17 on the year. He's got the third lowest hard contact rate, which means even when they're hitting grounders, they're not exactly hitting them hard. And he's got the highest soft contact rate in baseball, which means he is the pitcher with the largest percentage of the, the batted balls he allows that are soft contact. That generally turns into pretty easy outs. You put that all together and all the categories he's first in, and there's guys like, you know, Jose Alvarado, who just went on the injured list, has been absurd for the Phillies. Another guy who's had great stuff but struggled with command in his career, well, he hasn't walked anybody this year either, and he's been great. And you have some like random guys like Andrew Wance has been like really, really good for the Angels and a couple other guys who have been great. Nobody's been as good as Yinier Cano. I'm going to say it. I mean, you can just say he's the only qualified reliever with a zero ERA. Boom, you're done. Go home. That's it. But it's not just how he's doing it. It's also when he's doing it. If you remember back to that White Sox series when Cano made his debut when the Orioles called him up, you know, after he spent the first couple of weeks of the year in AAA, it's not like Brandon Hyde, like, threw him in in the fifth inning of a four-run game. Like, hey, let's ease him into the big leagues. He came in in the seventh inning with multiple runners on in a one-run game and induced a double play to keep the Orioles in the lead. He has basically only pitched, I believe, all 14 of Cano's appearances this year have been in high-leverage spots. So not only is he dominant, but he's dominating in the biggest moments of the game. And that's what makes him so valuable. And that's what makes me say right now, without a doubt, Yenier Cano, as I speak on May 10th, is the best reliever in Major League Baseball right now, full stop. Guys just can't hit him. They don't score against him. He's the best one in baseball. Now, it does bring you to the next conversation of should he change roles? Right now, he's kind of the setup man slash high leverage guy. He can pitch multiple innings. But should he take over for Felix Bautista as Orioles closer? Because Felix has struggled a little bit lately. Well, I'll try to answer that question coming up next to finish off the pod. Because we're doing another edition of the Bullpen Trust Power Rankings. We know I trust Yanir Cano, but let's find out where I would put some of the other relievers in the Orioles' bullpen. But first, 
This episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans into owners. With officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. But unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. And they've got MLB Game Weeks at So Rare, and the managers who rank near or at the top of the leaderboards can win some awesome rewards like scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and even VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. So as Yinier Cano closed out another scoreless inning and closed out an Orioles 2-1 win over the Rays, it got me thinking, should it be the closer right now for the Orioles? And I'm going to be honest. I have leaned that way at times, thinking he should take over for Felix Bautista just for the time being, as Felix struggles and fights his mechanics and fights his command a little bit. But I honestly think as long as Felix is still getting outs and he's still recording saves and his walks aren't becoming too much of an issue, talked about this on Wednesday's episode, you know, Felix still got a four-out save Tuesday night against the best offense in baseball, despite the fact that he didn't have any command. It's because when he just finds the zone a couple of times, the stuff is so ridiculous that he still gets strikeouts and he still gets outs. And that's how it's been going for Felix over the past couple of weeks, even though the command hasn't been there. Where I really like Cano is that, okay, let's just put Felix in the ninth inning and Yinier Cano will be your high leverage kind of fireman bullpen guy where he'll pitch mostly in the seventh and eighth innings, but he can give you multiple innings. He can get you up to six outs. He can get you out of a jam and roll a double play. He can come in even in the sixth and go through the seventh as well. He can get the biggest outs against the best hitters and then you turn it over to Felix. And honestly... And I'll say it, I just said he's the best reliever in baseball, which means he's better than Felix Bautista right now. But I would still keep him in this kind of high leverage setup man role because I think you can be a little more flexible with him in that role. Have him get the higher leverage outs, have him get the bigger outs, and have him get more than three outs from time to time as well, which I think right now is helping the Orioles more than if he were in the closer role. Now, if things get worse for Felix, maybe I'll change my tune. But right now, Yenier Cano... I would keep in this role. And he stays in the role as number one most trustworthy reliever. This is another addition to the Orioles' bullpen trust power rankings where I put the eight relievers on the team in three categories. I trust them, I can maybe trust them, and I don't trust them at the moment. So clearly, Yenier Cano is in the trust category. The next guy there is Danny Coulomb. I know he had a little bit of a couple of rough outings last week against Kansas City, and then he gave up the game-winning homer to Kevin Pillar Saturday night in Atlanta. But he's bounced back nicely since then, and Coulomb came in Wednesday night and got two huge strikeouts against two right-handed hitters in the eighth inning to keep the Rays off the board and keep it a 2-1 Orioles lead. He's just been great this year. The slider's been amazing, giving up no hard contact. I'm taking Coulomb. I've thought about moving Felix Bautista down, but as I just mentioned, as long as the stuff is that good and he can just throw just enough strikes to keep himself out of too much trouble, I still have him on trust. He's teetering 
but I still have him on trust. He's not as fun of a watch right now. He's throwing a lot of balls, a lot of fastballs missing high, a lot of spiked splitters, but he's still barely in trust. And who's also barely in trust, although just moved up there, is Austin Voth. I mentioned him earlier in the episode, but Austin Voth. How about Austin Voth? I mean, last 11 innings, two earned runs for Austin Voth with 12 Ks and three walks. How about that? From a guy who gave up a home run in his first five appearances of the year and was a disaster early in the season in the bullpen. He has turned things around, and Brandon Hyde is going to him in pretty high leverage spots. I mean, he pitches the seventh and eighth innings of a 2-0 game against the Rays on Wednesday night. And he did give up a run, but pitched pretty well, I would say, and helped the Orioles win that game. So I've got him as one of the four guys in the trust category. Now, we have a big change moving down into the maybe trust category, and that is Brian Baker. Baker, who was in this category to kind of start the season, then he had 14 straight scoreless appearances, and he's been in trust for a while. Brian Baker has not looked good over his last few outings, and he is down into the maybe trust category. It started last Thursday in Kansas City where he had a disaster of an outing, walking a couple batters. Then he did not look good over the weekend in Atlanta. Then Monday night, he walked the first two batters he faced against the Rays. I am a little concerned about Brian Baker. He got the two days off. We'll get the off day today. Hopefully, I mean, he's most likely going to pitch either Friday or Saturday. Hopefully, he can figure it out against the Pirates, but... I still think this stuff's great. I think Stinky's a good reliever, but going through a little bit of a rough patch here, so he's down into the maybe trust. I've also got Mike Bauman in the maybe trust right now. Now, if you just watched his outing in the bottom of the 11th inning Sunday against the Braves, you'd think he was the best reliever in the world. That was awesome. But the other four or five appearances that have kind of surrounded that outing against Atlanta have been shaky. He's given up some homers. He's walked some guys. He wasn't very crisp at all when he came into the game on Tuesday night. He still maybe trusts because I saw the stuff and that outing Sunday was ridiculous and he was still really good early in the year, but I'm watching him. And then the last guy in maybe trust is Drew Rahm, not because I've seen anything, but because we haven't seen anything. You know, as I mentioned, when Rahm was called up on Tuesday, there's a chance he could just be in the bullpen until either Dylan Tate or Michael Givens get here and just never pitch for the Orioles, never make his major league debut. He's kind of there for emergencies right now. So that's why he's in maybe trust, because we haven't seen him, so I can't put him in trust. I can't put him in don't trust. He's just kind of sitting in purgatory right now. So that leaves one pitcher in don't trust, and that would be CNL Perez. Now, I got to give credit to Perez. He's had a couple of back-to-back scoreless outings. The stuff's looking a little bit better, but he's still not really missing bats. He still is allowing opponents to hit 349 against him, which is the highest batting average against against any qualified reliever this year. He's still not getting a lot of swings and misses, even though the stuff looks similar. The fastball's got good velo. The slider just isn't as crisp as it was last year. I think that's the number one issue. He's still throwing strikes generally, but he's just getting hit and hit hard at times. He's inching closer to maybe trust, and I don't think he's like a lockdown, easy DFA when Tate and Givens come back, but I do have him in the don't trust category, at least for now. So that's how the bullpen shakes up. And by the next time I do these bullpen trust power rankings, Tate and Givens could be a part of it. They're getting closer and closer. Each of them pitched on Wednesday. Neither of them were amazing, but they both pitched. And those are good signs for each of 
those pitchers. But that'll do it for today's episode. Orioles are off today. They get the off day before the Pirates come into town starting on Friday. I'll preview that series on tomorrow's episode to finish off the week, but also going to open up the mailbag on tomorrow's episode. For the first time in the regular season, we've got a mailbag going. So if you want to submit a question to our Locked On Orioles mailbag, you can email me at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. You can tweet the podcast at LockedOnOrioles or DM the pod. The DMs are open as well. You can leave a mailbag question right here in the YouTube comments, in the comment section of this video. Or you can leave a mailbag question in the review section on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Just leave a five-star review. And in the review section, you can ask your question and it will be answered most likely on tomorrow's mailbag episode to close out the week. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.